Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Front Page 305. I mean, this is an exciting time. Walt V, how you doing, bro? Here's how I'm doing. Pots and pans, baby, or whatever that is. It looks like a back scratcher and a cup. It's my back scratcher and a blender, but you have to improvise, uh, and that's what I'm using. (laughs) But yeah, man, it's an exciting time. Did you mention even the Miami Hurricanes and that butt whooping they put on Florida State? Woo! I was going to get to that. Early on, I know we're going to get to that, but, you know, the Canes near and dear to my heart. And I was saying, I think the Canes are going to put 50 on this team. That was before the game, and... And then, thankfully, they they didn't put the 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 take the foot off the gas pedal, and they uh, and they let Nikosi throw that TDN. But in the end, there. But yeah, Dolphins won. Uh-oh. <clears throat> the Marlins, FIU lost by two points, uh, so it wasn't a clean sweep. And uh, and the I covered Manny inter Miami for the Miami Arrow from home, and they had this player from Argentina, and he missed a penalty kick, and they lost three nothing. So it wasn't all good, but certainly the Heat is at the top of the list. What an accomplishment to get to the NBA Finals. Yeah, number five seed, first one to ever do it. Uh, lowest seed to reach the Finals since your 1999 New York Knicks, Walter. Uh, I mean, it's been that long since you've had a team seeded this low reach the Finals. And I, I wish we had Andre Fernandez on the show. I know he's having some uh, technical difficulties. We got we got you, Dre. Are you, are you on now? Can you hear me? We can hear you, Dre. You're there. You're part of the show. Welcome, welcome to Front I'm Page here. 305. I'm here. No freaking, no all freaking audio, no freaking video. Thank you, Comcast. <laughs> Dre, uh, so the Heat make it to the finals. Uh, obviously, the story of uh, of the year, I think, in the NBA because nobody had them going this far. Everybody thought, you know, LeBron or the Clippers, uh, Walter's uh, close friend. Of course, picked the Boston Celtics. He thought he, they were going to go all the way to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals there. Uh, what does he have to say for himself, uh, Walter? I haven't talked to him uh, lately. He's in Columbia playing ball right now. But uh, the Heat, guys, they are the only team to have six NBA Finals appearance in the past 15 years. That's pretty impressive. It is. Dre, um, I looked this up last night. Because everybody wants to look at this and say star matchup, star matchup, star matchup. Um, you know, obviously the Lakers have the two biggest stars in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That's not even you can't even argue otherwise. But Miami, you could say, has probably the next four best players. And I would say, you know, obviously Bam out of bio, Jimmy Butler. Uh, I think Tyler Hero has slipped into that conversation after what he did in game four with 37 points. Um and then probably Goran Dragic. You could say him or Rajon Rondo is kind of like a push there. So, I mean, yes, the Lakers have the two best players, but after that, I think the Heat are, are right there in the mix uh, for the next few spots. And I think, you know, this could be a tighter series than most expect. I have the Lakers winning in five. I know earlier on today we went on with Larry Million on his show. Uh, Walter, you said Lakers in six, and I think Andre said Lakers in seven. Am I right? I did. I said, uh, I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the freaking cars going around my car here since I had to do this rig today and not be able to be on this show. Again, thank you, Comcast, for playing with the Wi-Fi today on the day we're supposed to do this show. Angry Dre, I love it. Angry Dre is always the best Dre. He's feisty, again. Yeah. Yeah, I think Anthony Davis is the guy. I mean, I think, uh, you know, one of my an ex-colleague of mine's current colleague of yours, John Hollinger, wrote today about how he's the key to this series. And I think I'm, I'm with him on that. I think 
they had trouble in the two meetings earlier this year with the Lakers because of their length, because of their size. And, and, and I think that's going to be the key. If, if Anthony Davis continues to play the way he has in this postseason, you know, the, a big key is going to be can Bam out of bio and those guys in the paint handle him, you know, because LeBron's going to get his and he's going to be a difference maker. And we know that, but we've seen Miami, you know, be able to come through in the clutch over and over in the playoffs. But to me, it's like that's almost that almost leads to the offseason conversation, like you're saying about Tyler Hero and why I think he's untradeable right now. I think he's a part of this core, and I think now the Heat are looking for uh, help in, on the inside. I think to, to to neutralize players like Anthony Davis and to to help that that front court defense even more importantly than than what they were possibly were looking for in the past uh, in terms of what they're going to do this offseason. Yeah, I think, you know, the one thing you and I talked about off air, Dre, leading into this, and we didn't have Walter in on this conversation, so I want to get his his perspective. But I kind of theme this this ne- these next couple of days, because right now everything's exciting, right? The Marlins are going to play. Uh, they're going to open the, the their first playoff series in 17 years tomorrow at 2 o'clock on ABC against the Chicago Cubs. Uh, 9 o'clock at night, we get game one of the finals. Uh, the Canes in two weeks are going to be playing number one Clemson. They're right. They're ranked number eight right now. They could climb even higher if more teams in front of them lose. So everybody is hyped up in South Florida. And I'm not trying to urinate on that. I'm really not trying to urinate on any of that. I don't, I want everybody to enjoy this moment, but I really feel like when we do this show next Tuesday, it's going to have an entirely different tone to it. And I guess my theme to this is, are our eyes deceiving us with our South Florida teams because of what's happened during the pandemic because of the fact that they're playing in a bubble in Orlando, because of the fact that uh, the Marlins have only played 60 games to make the playoffs, um, you know, what is real and what isn't? And I think that's going to be the question that we're all going to have in our heads now after the playoffs end here for both of those teams and the Kane season continues. What's real? What isn't? Are they really good? Are they really this good? Are they really a championship contender? Uh, you know, all of these teams, where are they in that pursuit? And, and while it feels great, and, and we're all here getting drunk off of this because it's been a long time since any of these teams have been any good, right? Six years for the Heat. Uh, what is it? 17 years for the Marlins. And and for the Hurricanes, really, you can say it's been about 19 years. I know that 10-0 start in 2017 got everybody excited, but we, we knew that was Fugazi. So my question to you, Walter, is which of these teams is real? Because this, this season, uh, for all three of those teams, um, it, it's got a different feel because of what's happened with COVID-19 and the pandemic. Which of the, if you had to rank them in order of realness, okay, which is the most real and which is the least real? Come on, Navarro. Ask tougher questions than that. That's easy. That's a layup. That's, 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 a, that's a layup. It's the heat, obviously, the most real of the three. Um, they've proven it over the long haul. Um, and, they, and they have time on their side. Remember, Bron Bron is uh, aging. Uh, Tyler Hero uh, has doesn't even shave yet. I think this team is um, – that doesn't mean they're going to make a run to the NBA Finals every year, but I think they have great chemistry, and I think they're legit. The Marlins are on the other end of it. They're the most fraudulent team because they, don't, they only played 60 out of what normally would be 162 games. They're a 500 team, basically. Their lineup is really dubious. Yes, I, I, I'm touting their rotation, and, and we'll, know, we'll know a lot more uh, next week um, let, let's see what they do against the Cubs. The team in the middle is the Hurricanes. I think what we've seen on offense translates probably against any opponent, but if you, you know, Clemson is a whole different type of animal. Um, and how tested is Miami so far? A very good, but still a mid-major team in UAB. 
a, a really bad defensive Louisville team that forgets, oh, look, there's a running back running free. Oh, look, there's a wide receiver running free. Very good offense, but an incomplete type of team. And then Florida State that we haven't seen a Florida State team this bad in many, many years. So while I, while I like what Miami's done, um, let's see. If they, if they hang with Clemson, man, I, even if they lose, but if they hang with them and they're respectable and, and they don't do what they've done in previous years and lose games they should win, then I think you'd be even more uh, excited. But next week, we won't have the answer. Next, this time next week, we won't have the answer on the Hurricanes, but we'll know a lot more about the Heat and Marlins. Dre, now that you've joined the picture, literally, uh, you're in the you're in my screenshot now. I can see your face. You want to answer uh, this question? I got to go open the door for my daughter. By the way, this is live radio, but she's texting me saying she's outside the. This room. is also coming here from the Starbucks parking lot here. I know. Awesome. Well, you you awesome. look phenomenal, by the way. I, I like the I, I yeah. like the uh, the look there with the cap and the dark shirt, the whole thing. Give us your opinion here on what's real and what I isn't know. with these Miami teams. While I uh, go open the door. <laughs> I'm going to do it with the mask on or the mask off. I mean, this is great. This is great radio right here. Manny has to open the door. Andre's at a Starbucks. I was eating a pizza up about until about 120 seconds ago. This is fantastic. Look, I mean, the Marlins, yeah, we I like we can call them fake. I don't know about fake. I just think it's not not quite what it's, what it's cracked. It, it's not quite what it's cracked up to be. I mean, we talked about that earlier. I think – Next year is the real telling factor when this team can stretch out a full season and then we'll know for real, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of factors, you know, the the way this pitching holds up over a whole year, health wise, effectiveness, all that. And then the bats too, because if you look at this team toward the last part of the season, wasn't exactly a red hot hitting team. wasn't exactly a team that was on a 10 game winning streak, anything like crazy to get into the postseason. They're actually got in thankfully after that little push they had at the beginning of the year. So they were probably trending toward maybe a, a below 500 team if this would have been a full season. So I think the rebuild is ongoing. And again, I'm not the 20 year prediction that Manny had, but I think the, for me, it's no. a two year. It's still about a, about a year, two years away from really turning into what they really want it to be. Hey, Dre, one quick note on that. You mentioned when you look at the, the real Marlins team, they're actually under 500, right? Because the core of that team, 18 guys were out when they got off to that. They were a seven one start. They were two and one with the group. And then they, then they were seven one. So if you take what they did, once they got all their regulars back they're they're really under 500. It just, it, it goes to show. And then now again, maybe they pull a surprise. It's only two or three. Everything about this year is off. And I'm, I'm not trying to rain on their parade either. I'm just saying it's, it's very unproven. I think the heat is, is the most legit. Um, Marlins at the end, would you agree, Dre, and the Canes in the middle? Yeah, I mean, I love what the Canes are doing. I mean, I think they still, obviously, you want another good recruiting class. You want to bring in some more talent, especially on the defensive end. But I, I love what they're doing on offense. I mean, I wish De'Ara King had four years left instead of maybe <laughs> one, maybe two. You know, right. Borregales, the same thing. I mean, the, what a difference a kicker makes. And, and yeah, I would put them at the top of it, I think. I think the jury's still out on the Dolphins, which we haven't mentioned much of because, you know, we're, we're hoping it was a good, it was a good thing to see them beat the Jaguars the other day, the way they did, but this is still very much up in the air in terms of what they can get out of two are they right now going to pan out. So we still don't know how good the Dolphins are going to be, but yeah, I would put that in the heat. Again, I think that the really intriguing part is 
in the off season, are they still headed toward specific for about yeah. getting that, maybe that front court piece to complement Bam out of bio? Do they, because it's going to cost to get that superstar. And, and I would not touch. I don't know sure, if you heard Andre has a guy. fabulous point. I'm sure Andre has a fabulous point, but we're hearing about every other word right now because the internet signal <laughs> is so bad. Dre. Uh, I, no, I think I, I know what you're saying, I, and I and I and I'll try to relay it just because you were so choppy, like your internet is going in and out. I know you're trying your best to get on the show and to contribute, so I appreciate the effort you've gone through. I don't want to dismiss that in any way, shape, or form, but I think what you were talking about was, and you and I, again, you and I talked a lot about this off air over the weekend. Is you know with the heat in particular, I think what we're looking at is, okay, well, what's real? If, if, if there was, no, if there was home court advantage in the playoffs, would they have gone on the road and won three games in Milwaukee? Would they have won three games in Boston like they did in this series or two games in Boston, the first two, um, you know, all of that really would have changed things. Um, and, and I think, uh, I think the challenge for the Heat now is, okay, what are the pieces that you identify and say, these are the pieces that we're going to go with that are legitimate, that can get us to the NBA Finals legitimately, not in a bubble setting, but they can go on the road and they can win important games on the road like like they did in the bubble. And so I think, you know, obviously Tyler Hero was a guy that I think most people looked at and said, okay, maybe he's the trade chip that gets you a superstar. Um, but now he's shown you enough at age 20 that you say, man, I can't get rid of that guy. There's too there's too much potential there to really shine and and shine through. Dre, are you back with us now, or uh, did we did yeah, get back I, into the conversation? Was that, yeah, did I pretty much let, hit it let, right let, there? Let, let, I, I'd love I'd love to hear what little bit you heard of all of that. You know, thanks to again, <laughs> once again, this latte is for you, Xfinity. <laughs> Wait, was Xfinity and Comcast? You're mad at every. Uh, what about AT and T? They're the same. They're, they're, they're one and the same, Walter. <laughs> they're all bad. Yeah. No, so, they're so all the, no, it's the same company. Oh, okay. X, Xfinity and Comcast is the same. All right. I got I yeah. got Uverse. I don't know. I, I'm an AT and T man. Yeah, I might I might pretty soon too. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, so game one no. Wednesday night at nine. I want us to talk about the Marlins in the next segment because they do deserve. A little bit of analyzation, right? Before this club series. And Did Dre, you I know make you, up you word analyzation. Yeah. That's it. Anal- you made that. You want to analyze it or analyze Anal- it? What do you want? Analysis, Manny. Yeah. yeah a little bit of analyzation. A little bit of analyzation. You made up a word, Mr. Mr. Braddock High School. Hey, listen, man. Look it up in the dictionary. It's there. I hope yeah. your your uh, English teacher from Braddock is not listening to this podcast. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Horrifying. so yeah, we're going to do that with the Marlins. And then uh, we'll come back with the Hurricanes later on because while yes. B says we don't talk enough about the Canes, I yes. got some interesting numbers, legitimate numbers and concerns about this team. What's Fugazi? What's not Fugazi? It's a whole By theme way, for the today's show, Fugazi. Who was who the non-Nicosi Perry quarterback they threw in at the end? Was that t- the great Tyler Van Dyke, or, who was, or was that Peyton? Yes, Machoca? he got to come in for one snap, one whole snap, was, yes. That was Tyler? Okay. Yes. All right. I, I'm excited to see what he can do one day. All right. Uh, we'll be back after this. Someday. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold down. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do why, all of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Just tell me, no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He ate platanos. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Hey everybody, this is John Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls. Giving a big shout out to Slam Radio, the only student-run radio station that's all national. Awesome, guys. Congratulations. 
now we're back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back to Front Page 305. I'm Manny Navarro, sports writer for The Athletic Miami. Walter Villa on the show as usual. And we got Andre Fernandez by phone because he's got a crappy internet service at home. So Dre is on the phone with us. We don't get to see his uh, his video feed here. If you're watching us online on Twitter, I think we got a feed going of the channel um, here. You're, um, you're, you're, you're spared for a week. You're spared <laughs> for a week of Dre's uh, sexiness. Uh, we will get Dre's words, though, shortly, because the Marlins are playing a baseball game that is uh, not part of the regular season tomorrow at 2 o'clock on ABC in Chicago against the Cubs. And, Dre, you know, 17 years ago, this team, you know, the last two places it's played, won a championship at Yankee Stadium and then, of course, beat the Cubs to get there. Uh, I saw last night on ESPN they had the Steve Bartman sort of documentary, the 30 for 30 playing. And, you know, of course, there will be no Steve Bartman there because Chicago, I, think I don't think they have any fans allowed in the stadium, right? Nobody in baseball is doing that. Uh, so no, it's nothing's not, changing. Not, none of the heck, none of, not even any of the hecklers that heckled Steve Bartman to death back in those days will, will be able to be there either. Right. So without Steve Bartman, can the Marlins beat the Cubs? <laughs> without Moises Alou, can the Marlins beat the Cubs? Without a... By the way, Manny, what were you what were you doing seventeen years ago that night? Were you clerking at the Herald with me that night? I think I was having Jello shots. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I think I was out. Uh, I don't know where I was. No, I, I had just gotten married, and you know, two thousand three, and and I I think I was uh, at home because the game was in Chicago. I wasn't uh, traveling on the road with the Martins then. That's a okay. great were topic. You, what, I, Go ahead, Andre. You and I talked about this off the air. That's a pretty good topic. What was going on in all of our lives at that point? Yeah, were you uh, were you the high school writer, man? I thought you weren't on the Marlins yet at that point. No, I wasn't. But I did cover. Uh, I did go and write a couple of fan stories. You know those great assignments that uh, George Rojas and Almeida used to give out. Like, hey, go go write about what the fans think, which really nobody cares what mm-hmm. the fans think. Of course, they're excited that they're in the postseason. What else are they going to say? But we had to write those stories. So I did cover the Marlins postseason run in the, from the format of being there to write fan stories. And I did run out onto the field. Uh, that was the 2003 playoffs was the play at the plate with uh, with Pudge, right, against Pudge. The, uh, the Giants. Yeah. That was the, that was yeah. the, round, so the first I, round, yes. Right, I did run out into the field um, right after right after that play because we started interviewing people back in the day when we had all kinds of cool access. Now everybody's on Zoom, but uh, did you, did you we were able pudge? to actually experience things. Did you hog pudge? I did. Uh, you know, he and I grew to be pretty close. I went to his house. Remember, I wrote that story for uh, Baseball America uh, about uh, the big statue that he had in front of his house, and then his wife, who ended up divorcing him a few years later, I think. Him and I, her and I talked for a long time, and she just she bashed him the whole time. We were, I was interviewed. It was a great experience. <laughs> At that time, yeah, I, well. was, uh, I was I uh, was Manny's boss and Andre's boss, and and Manny was my number one writer. And then Andre was coming up, right, Dre? You were uh, you were making your move, your ascension up the ranks. Well, it's and, funny uh, you mentioned that. It's funny you mentioned that because my recollection of that night is having to go to get food in the sixth inning. 
I went to a I went to the BK across the street from the old Herald site, and thinking, okay, this is going to be a long night. We got to do the season wrap up after they lose all that stuff, and then all of a sudden, the whole Bartman incident happens, and then mayhem ensues, and all that kind of thing. So I was still clerking back then. So are you the reason I had to go on a BK? You never sent me on food runs, though. No, you were no, nicer no, than no. that. I never treated you that way, man. I didn't send you on food runs, and I think in two thousand. No, you never did. In 2003, I don't think had Willie Williams happened yet, Manny. No, that was, it was the about year. to though. It was about to. Yeah, I mean Willie. It was Willie about Willie. to go down. I don't think I had been to Brazil yet. I hadn't been to Colombia. A lot of things still had to happen, uh, you know, from 2003, you know, to get to where we're at now. Right. A lot of life. A lot of life changing. A lot of life changing events, and Walter Villa's life had not occurred yet. Right. And, and phone sliding was, across the floor. All kinds of interesting things. Furniture purchases. Dre was still single at that time, and and we used to go to uh, we used to go to the Latin American restaurant, and uh, during uh, dinner breaks, mostly that was Manny. Did you ever go with me to the Latin American house? I did. I, I would see the uh, the swim move. Walter would put on the waitresses. They would walk over, and uh, I see Larry Million watching us converse here. I, I want him to hear the story of the the days that Walter. Via, we'd go to the Latin American house down the street, Biscayne Boulevard, and they, they, you know there's very attractive waitresses, and, and Walter would say, "Hey, come on, come on over, let's talk, let's sit," and she would sit down on uh, on Walter's lap, and we would talk while we're giving the order. But this is sort of the smooth, smooth moving Walter Via. That's kind of what he was like back in '03. And, and by the way, you guys know that uh, when the Marlins games, they have the uh, Estrella Insurance commercials that I love. I love that young lady in the Estrella Insurance commercial. And the other day I go, true story, I go to the Sergio's restaurant uh, that's uh, on London Square in Kendall, right. 120th. And right next door, there's an Australia insurance. So I walked in and lo and behold, here's the girl from the commercial. She was there. And I, I was like amazed. And so I got to talk to her and, you know, I saw her and I got to talk to her. And I says, man, I really came away thinking this girl has really big ass aspirations. And that's really what she has. Really big aspirations is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you certainly enjoyed your uh, your time back on Biscayne Boulevard. Go ahead, uh, Dre. You had something? No, no, none of this really happened. I, I'm I'm calling BS on all that. Hey, <laughs> no, of course it didn't. I just wanted to say big, big aspirations. That's really all I wanted. No, to say. not even that, that. That like I'm laughing because um, yeah. So uh, Dre, we, we kind of took none of this is going to air. By the way, this is all trial stuff. We uh we made a huge left turn because. Of trying to ask you about the Marlins and the Cubs. And and so I was going to tell you, I, I just the Athletic just put out their uh, predictions. They asked a player, a coach, a scout to kind of predict. So the coach and the scout picks the Cubs, but a player picks the Marlins to win. Um, yeah, and, and so at 31 and 29, according to the story, Miami outperformed its uh, win-loss expectations, which was supposed to be 26 to 34. So, again, I ask you, can they overachieve – and win this series? They can, but are they? I don't know. I, I'm not going to pick them to because I just – I look at that Cubs pitching staff, which, by the way, was announced a little while ago by the Cubs manager. They are going to hold their ace, U Darvish, to game two and go with Kyle Hendricks, who might as well be 1A, 1B for the Cubs. Both those guys' ERAs are around two, pitching out of their minds this year. And then you got John Lester, a former world champion, you know, they pitched for the Red Sox for a number of years, now with the Cubs for a number of years. The experience factor. And and, and this that, that Marlins lineup is has had its moments. 
you know, they scrounge together runs. If the speed game is there, they can they can do that kind of thing. But I mean, this is in in the postseason when when experience comes through. I mean, if they don't put, you know, that that's going to be hard for them to scratch a few runs, even a few runs together in this series, and that's the difference where I could see the Cubs pulling it off. The only chance the Marlins have is if Sandy and 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 Pablo and maybe even Sixto just pitch out of their minds, and we're talking them shutting the Cubs down to like one run per game, two runs per game at the most. Yeah, it says here in this athletic story, the Marlins aren't scary offensively. They were shut out seven times and had a minus 41 run differential, which was the worst of any team. By the yeah, way. The, the run differ- uh, yeah, the, the run differential yeah, could be a little off because there were a lot of blowout losses this year, but, 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 but the other part of that is just staggering. By the way, Andre, seven times. Uh, Andre Hendricks, the reason maybe they did that, Hendricks in 11 postseason games has a 298 ERA. Darvish in six postseason games, 581. And against the Marlins, yeah. 608 ERA in five games for Darvish. So there may have been certain reasons, such as that, that, that they went Hendricks first and Darvish second. Of course, right. neither of the two Marlins starters are going to start the first two games I've ever uh, played in the postseason, so we don't know how they're going to do right. in, the, in the big pressure moments. I, I mean, look, to me, there's like there's one batter there that really has like you know realistic experience, like a credible amount of experience against those guys, and that's Starling Marte. But beyond that, it's you know, and it's a lot of guys that really haven't faced these guys that much. And even that all that success you're talking about against Darvish, those are past Marlins teams that did that for the most part. Right. So, I mean, the, the Cubbies have anyway. some big time hitters, but they they've underperformed this year. Your your Rizzo's and your Schwarber's and and those guys. So maybe maybe they'll uh, they're saving that for the postseason. I mean that that's that's the thing. The I think if they if they heard. do turn it on and they do flip the switch in the postseason, that's one thing. But going into the in the postseason, that's why I could see it being a low scoring series if if the Marlins pitch pitch well and the Cubs just don't continue to, to have trouble putting together rallies. The interesting thing about these playoffs, and I heard somebody talking about this earlier today, is, you know, these are going to be – there's no travel, obviously. All three of these games are going to be in Chicago, assuming they go three. Uh, it's a two best out of three series, so all the Cubs got to do is win twice. But after that, when they go to this sort of bubble setting where I guess they go to Arlington uh, or uh, Houston or – I forget the city. San Diego's hosting, right? It's all it's all yeah. like this Texas and California, I think. Um, but anyway, like those games are gonna be played on five consecutive days the next round. So, like, if you think about it, like these first three games, you're gonna have you can throw all of your pitchers because there's four days off before the next series. Uh the, the you know, the second round, the divisional series. Um, and then you know, for the for the NL and AL championships, it's gonna be the same thing, seven straight days. The, you know, no breaks in between, at least according to what, to what the MLB schedule is. So how that affects pitching is going to be fascinating. This, these playoffs, we've seen it in the NBA with the bubble, right? But now once you get past this opening round, I think the, the Major League Baseball playoffs is going to be fascinating because teams could take advantage of those days off in between. They could get their, you know, closer a couple uh, a day off to rest his arm or they could get, you know, uh, a pitcher back, a starting pitcher back a couple of days later if they needed him in a big moment. Um, and and well, I think now it's like this is really going to tax pitching depth. So if the Marlins can somehow get past the first round with the Cubs, 
then maybe they have a shot because as Walter said, I mean, this is the greatest pitching staff ever assembled. <laughs> so that you would think that they would have a chance to make another run at the World Series, correct, but, Gary? But here, here, here's here's the thing that you're saying with that, though. In-betweens are fine, but once you're in the series, in the past you used to think, okay, if a team has three really solid arms, you could win it all because you know you can get, bring guys back in the, after they get those extra days rest. Now you need at least four really good arms, and that's where the depth is going to be really tested. And, yeah, even with the Marlins, because, honestly, Sandy and Pablo, they're not even really veterans. We They're veterans on this team. But after that, even six, though, he struggled late in the season. He's still developing. It's still a young, you know, a young pitcher you're throwing into the fire. And then who's your fourth guy? Jose Arena got hurt, which was the other guy that's kind of a veteran on this team. But that's it. You're going to throw Trevor Rogers, who's a rookie. I mean, that, that that's where the depth falls out. So I don't know. I don't know if it's that much of an advantage when when it comes down to it, other than maybe if those those two guys have to be lights out at all times. Yeah, the injury to Urena hurts because he, he could have been valuable even as a long man out of the bullpen. Um, we'll see. This guy, Yemi Garcia, has has shown up pretty well as kind of the setup man to 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 Kinsler. Go ahead, Andre. You can do your Kinsler line there, but Kinsler, he harmless. At least that makes me laugh. I don't know about anybody else. I'm looking at Manny's face. I don't know. Oh, he got this. It's from the Hangover. Hey, so who's gonna win the World Series? Since we can wrap up our, our baseball conversation with this, who do you got uh, getting to? It's gonna be the most interesting playoffs we've ever seen, hosted by the Dos Equis, man. So, um, where, how, who, who gets to the World Series and who wins it? I think the Dodgers have no excuse this year. They've got all the pieces. They're they're you know rotation hitting wise. I mean, this is the type of year that's just built for them to finally get it done. So. I mean, I, I I think that's the team. There's no one really in the American League that that I think is like scares you to the point where you're like that team is definitely going to win it. At the beginning of the year, you and I talked about the Yankees, but they have the same problem the Marlins do in terms of pitching. They don't really have more than maybe two proven starters that can really that I'm confident in. So, you know, the Rays may get there, maybe, but it's kind of wide open more in the American League. The Padres and the Dodgers, though. That second-round series is going to be fire. That, get ready for that one. That's going to be really entertaining to watch. Walter has no say in baseball. He doesn't pay any attention to it. He just does it for field-level media, and then he, he has no clue. He does no analysis, has no idea what to pick. That's not true. That's not true at all. Uh, I just want to see if you want to go next. You know, you, you always like batting cleanup, just like I at do. dinner. You want, to, you want the cleanup. But, uh, I, want the, I want the scraps. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I, Dodgers are the easy – uh the, the chalk pick so that was that was what i was gonna pick i guess if i uh, am gonna take a little bit of a long shot because their their pitching is dubious i'll take the bravos just because uh they can hit that they can hit that ball i'm actually gonna go with a crazy pick because i think this is gonna be the craziest postseason ever in baseball i, I i'm gonna go with the reds and the indians the all ohio final Nobody will watch. Make, Nobody will watch, which is kind of par Clark, for the course of baseball except, down here. Except Clark Spencer. Right. <laughs> he will be very jacked up for that World Series, but I am predicting an all-Ohio final Reds-Indians, and then I got the Reds, the big red machine, winning the World Series. There you go. You know what? I'm, I, and, and I think the Reds are going to beat the Braves in round one because of the pitching. 
Well, all right. We'll see what happens. All right, we'll come back with some college football talk. We got Canes playing Clemson in two weeks, and we got a very excited Walter Villa because they're ranked eighth in the country right now. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve. By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up two Anika Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Flowers are beautiful, but they become even more so when carried by people who are committed to ending Alzheimer's. At the Alzheimer's Association Walk to End Alzheimer's, hundreds of thousands carry different colored flowers signifying their connections to the disease. And we walk so that one day, there will be a white flower for Alzheimer's first survivor. Slam Radio is more than just a radio station, but a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable, sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like is right or is wrong. I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice. And the mentors we have here, like Frank the Tank and Amigo, make you love this amazing program even more. There are very few words that can describe Slam Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia, family. We've been offered so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to Slam Radio and everybody a part of Slam Radio. We are a family. They are my family and they will always continue to be my family and I will forever be thankful and I know they got my back just like I got theirs. I love being part of Slam Radio. Yo, this is K9 and you're listening to Slam Radio Series 6M 145. And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
Final segment from page 305. Manny Navarro with you of the Athletic. Walter Villa of many, many different places. And Andre Fernandez is on the phone with us because his internet sucks. Uh, Walt V, you had something you wanted to get to? Yeah, I'm excited to talk about the Hurricanes, but this is really, really quick. Something that really happened. Manny, I'll go to you first. And then Andre, give me your reaction of what you would have done in this circumstance. There was a guy, I don't know if you saw on the news, he broke into Miller Park. And did you see the news on that? He broke into the stadium, Milwaukee Brewers. Was he naked? No, but he okay. he he ran the bases backwards, I guess, starting at home plate and going to third. And then he used a tractor. He did like $40,000 worth of damage. I guess he rode around in the tractor. That was the main thing he did. And then he left. Of mm-hmm. course, all the security cameras caught him. But right. if you if, if they left you in one of these stadiums, you know, the whole night, uh, what 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 would you have done? What would have been your go to move or what things would you do? It's funny you ask this question, Walter, because I feel like we always go, I always bring a story probably that you've never heard of. And 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 you're always amazed by these stories that I tell you. But as a kid, I used to have this hobby. I swear to God, this is, I was probably 10, 11, 12 years old. Me and, and, and two of the, my and friends. And you used to break in the parks. Well, no, we wouldn't break in the parks. We would go into schools, our elementary school or oh, middle wow. school. We would just hang out. All day there, oh, we were like bored. This is a. I remember you told me about this. You'd like hang out in like the the classrooms when no one was there. Yeah, like it was just like our escape. Like you know, back then as kids, you could you could get on your bicycle and you could disappear, right? You could go somewhere and you'd probably survive. You wouldn't. Nobody would grab you and kill you and maim you. Nowadays, <laughs> we're we're scared of everything. So, but back then, we would get on our bikes. We would ride to our to our school. And we would go in and just kind of be like play play hide and seek or, or tag or whatever. And so I, I, that, that whole experience of just having an entire huge building to yourself, what you thought was yourself, um, you know, was, was fabulous. And then we'd always get caught by the security guard or somebody who was there to kick us out after about 45 minutes to an hour. So I know exactly what that guy wanted to experience right to have some 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 cool moment to yourself now i'm not recommending everybody go do this because you're going to get arrested and, and you know god knows what else is going to happen to you but i i know the feeling walter i know what that's like we did that in lakeland for the high school didn't we break into the gym and and played a, a game late night one time after yeah up in lakeland for the state high school football championships we got into a the college gym lakeland college i think it was or community college or florida was. was it florida southern or where was florida it? southern one of those yeah and and uh, rudy with rudy rodriguez chomat who was out of air after about 10 seconds i'm gonna put right him on and we got to play we got to play some pickup games in an empty gym and and so yeah man i i, I get it i mean you know more power to this guy right he got to enjoy it uh live out a little bit of a, of a dream have the stadium himself for one night dre what, what would you yeah. do i'd run the bases and i'd probably like imitate the natural and do the whole thing you know like the home run thing you know i don't know maybe <laughs> sit in the maybe sit in the dugout a while i don't know see i thought i thought manny would go to the uh, concession stand and just just ransack just that run, uh, just eat the beer keg and just open it up and leave my right. mouth there for and also at miller park i think my first move would to go down that slide right when there's a home run don't you go down that slide i don't see why they oh at miller that. yeah at miller for sure you got to do the slide there's no doubt about it yeah that 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 would have been but, but, one then, of my, uh, but then but but then definitely the other many move would be to, to raid the craft beer section or the craft beer places right. that they Absolutely. that i'm sure they have there correct it would have been more than forty thousand dollars worth of damage. It would have been more like a hundred grand. All right, so let's go to the final canes. segment. Yeah, let's do the Canes, Walter, because they're three and zero. They moved up to number eight in the national rankings. 
Uh, their offense is churning out points left and right. They just put up a 50 burger on FSU. Um, I mean, it's pretty big. It's been pretty disgusting what they've been able to do offensively. But again, the question always comes up, well, you know, how, how good really are they here? And, and I think, uh, you had some questions that you wanted to toss my way. Dre, feel free to jump in, but go ahead, Walby, you take over. Well, one, one thing we're seeing, I don't know if this is a question, maybe I'd like to say a, a comment Well, I'll turn it into a question. But one thing that I've observed is just the coaching aspect because Zion Nelson last year was a disaster. They threw him, not, probably not his fault, freshman, first year freshman, they threw him into the threw him to the Wolves, first game starting a left tackle. They got eaten up by the Gators. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Saturday, he played against Florida State and nobody, I, some, a couple of my friends didn't even know he played. And that just shows mm-hmm. the good coaching that they have rehabilitated this guy, his psyche, and also De'Eric King. I said in one of our shows that he was going to be the best offensive lineman on the team in a sense because he's so elusive. He's going to stop the rush. But I guess, Manny and Dre, my first question is just how good the difference in the, in the coaching on the offensive side of the ball where you see now it's a system. Uh, Campbell wasn't ready. Uh, he, he was dinged up in the week and they put Zion Nelson and the best thing about an offensive lineman when you, you don't even know he never hear his name mentioned that shows you what a solid job so I guess my first question is you know how improved is the coaching from Justice the offensive line coach and Red Lashley the coordinator and all that well I got a stat for you um, so far this season Miami hasn't given up a sack the offensive linemen have not been credited with giving up any sacks uh, and I think that's why you're not hearing about the total yeah, that there, there's only uh, four four sacks I think on the season, um, and of the pressures, according to Pro Football Focus, only 11 of the 21 pressures uh, King has faced in, in in 105 dropbacks is the responsibility of the offensive line. I looked this up last night because I knew this topic might come up, but last year uh, Jaron Williams I think faced the ninth most pa- uh, pressures uh, per snap uh, among college quarterbacks. This year, De'Ara King has faced the eighth fewest. So you, you've literally gone from one spectrum to the other, and that's a credit to Garen Joseph as a coach. Zion Nelson, by the way, who gave up 12 sacks last season and 38 quarterback pressures, did not allow a single pressure in wow. 53 snaps in uh, Saturday night against a pretty good Florida State defensive line or what was supposed to be a pretty good Florida State defensive line. So he had one mistake, a false start, and that was it. And so – if, if, Kudos to Gary if, Justice, man, to getting these guys to play at a different level. If if memory serves, I, that was my sidebar when I was that night covering that game with you, Manny, against the Gators Correct. last year. It was Zion Nelson, and uh, you know, interviewing his family and how excited he was, you know, for his first freshman start, all that. And then he got destroyed. So to to go, you're right. We go from one end of the spectrum to the other in just one season. You know, considering what the kids, uh, how bad he was last year, how bad he looked, I mean, that, that's really impressive. And that's why you're not hearing about these guys in a good way because, you know, that, that offensive line ha- has really held up. And then the challenge that's coming now with Clemson, it, you know, you hope that they can continue to do this and, and, and they're going to need to, you know, to get, uh, for this offense to continue to click the way it's been. Manny, my, my next couple of questions, I'll ask them in combo here. One is – the punt returning problem. Uh, mm-hmm. What options do they have? Pope has lost two fumbles in three games. That's not sustainable. Um, I know they put Restrepo back there. Is he ready? What other options do they have? That's one. And the second question is, how dirty was was Florida State? I mean, 
both teams had a targeting, but they also had like three, as far as I could count, there were, I think there were three times where they really maliciously yanked on the helmets in dangerous fashion to Hurricanes player, including uh, Will Mallory. And there was a, there, I think there was about three times. So well, Mike Harley's, there's a, there's a photo in my story, a Sunday in the athletic of Mike Harley's head. Literally, it looks like it was going to be detached because of right. the pass interference penalty in the end zone where they, they, they sort of yeah. just grabbed his, his helmet and whipped his head around, um, or whipped the helmet around. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you, you well, asked, you know, uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you're losing, when you're getting your ass beat the way they were, I mean, you can imagine the frustration was setting in. Right. No, I, there's no doubt. Uh, and then you, you had asked about what was the other question, Walter, before the, we got into the helmets and your memory really that bad. Now you're getting like me. Uh, oh, return. the punt return. Yeah. Um, Restrepo, the freshman had one punt return in the second half. He handled one. I think part of this is, you know, how much confidence do they have in Restrepo? I don't know what's going on in practice. Uh, if he's dropping punts, but he's the second guy. And I think eventually he's going to overtake Pope. But I think it's kind of a lot to ask him to, hey, be the guy now at Clemson after Pope fumbles two balls. Look, I told you this last week or a couple of weeks ago, preseason, I asked, you know, who's the best receiver? And a couple of the people that I spoke with inside the program said it was going to be Mark Pope, that he's the guy who's going to have the breakout. I think right now they're 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 still hoping and, and praying that he is, that he's the guy that can can sort of emerge not only at receiver, but at punt returner and be a really dynamic threat. But he made the mistake of running up. That was one of the few mistakes that they made that that fumbled the punt was one of the few mistakes that they made in the game. But you're right. You can't afford to have that against Clemson. You can't afford to have that against North Carolina or any of the other teams that are really, you know, you're challenging for uh, to get out of the conference. Um, I guess another question is, uh, Dre, did you have something to add on that? No, no, I just wouldn't give up on Pope completely yet, although it was painful to watch him continue to, to, to muff the punts back there. But, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't go with a guy like Restrepo if it, it, in a game like that, especially with Clemson, pressure-packed. I agree with Manny's point that that, that that is a lot to ask to just drop him in there, in this case, the first game. A couple things yeah. I wanted to say, Walter, that I don't think you're going to ask me about, but I'll throw out there. Okay. Look, Derek King's played fabulous, right? I mean, he's did, he's been exceptional. Um, I, I wrote about this the other day, third downs. Um, he was eight for eight against FSU on third downs, and his completion percentage is close to 70%. Last year, Jaron Williams was around 40-something percent. So just third downs when teams bring the pressure and they're trying to get you off the field. He's beating that. The problem for Derek still is the deep ball. He's only 4 of 17 on throws 20 yards downfield or longer. Yes, he had the touchdown pass to D. Wiggins, but he was 1 of 10 on those throws against Florida State. So, again, that's the one area you say receivers. Besides the drops, it's can they connect with their quarterback deep downfield. And I think you got Brevin Jordan. You've got other options. You don't necessarily have to have those guys develop, but if you're going to beat Clemson – if you're going to win a national championship with this team this year, and, and, you know, it seems like all of our teams are doing these magical rides, right? Like, if you're going to get to that level where you can beat a Clemson, I think you need your, your receivers and your quarterback to be better connected than four of 17 on, on you, defense. You do, but remember, even when they miss on those, that loosens up the defense. So there is a there is a, a plus to to those long passes, even when they don't connect for you know, they're falling. I remember that that – that great touchdown to Wiggins, he got crushed on that play. That ball, he barely got it off. I mean, and still was able to put enough on it to hit him in stride. But that, that play was a, a split second from being a disaster. 
The other, the other area I'd say Miami still has to improve is linebacker. Um, your starting middle linebacker, Bradley Jennings, got the worst grade from pro football focus. He had one tackle and 39 snaps. It was the same deal a week ago uh, at Louisville. Uh, he had one tackle, even though he started. I mean, if I if I were to tell you, Walter, that the, uh, the middle linebacker for any team, the starting middle linebacker has one tackle in back-to-back games, what's, what's your response? Well, the defensive line is so dominant that sometimes there aren't tackles there to be made. So, I, look, the first half that they played against Louisville and the first half they played against Florida State, they played those two halves like that. That was amazing. I think they held each team to six points or, or, or roughly about that. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not that concerned. I don't, if, if they were getting beat on plays, but my, my bigger concern is like second half, why, why don't they have that same intensity as Michael Irvin once uh, said, same intensity. Why don't they have that same intensity <laughs> in the second half? <laughs> yeah. I just know the circumstances. Michael Irvin said that we have nothing to do with football, but okay, right. what we got. <laughs> All right, guys, we're down to the two-minute warning here. Um, final thoughts uh, on, on what to expect here this week uh, with, with the big games that we're going to see. Our South Florida teams are finally relevant on a national stage. What's, uh, what's your feeling going forward? If, Not if all at once, surprise, If, if one's, if one's going to surprise, it's going to be the Heat. I mean, I know we're, we're all thinking that the Lakers are too formidable of an obstacle, but – this Heat team continues to, to impress and to surprise a lot of people. So uh, uh, not that I'm picking the Heat like I didn't before. I'm just saying if there were a team that's going to defy the odds, it's going to be them. Well, for me, my final thought, I wonder what Greg Rousseau was thinking. I know he's going to be counting his money, but, man, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> and, he, you know, Trevor Lawrence came back. Uh, the, the, the Etienne, whatever his name is, it comes and came back. I, I wonder if he's missing this. And also, the Hurricanes had lost seven in a row to Florida State. Now they've turned around with four in a row. So they need three more to, to even that, that score with their bitter rivals. All right. One, one stat I looked up, or a couple stats I looked up. Uh, Jimmy Butler versus LeBron James. They're actually tied. The 34 times that they've met each other, Jimmy's won 17 times. LeBron has won 17 times. That's including the playoffs, mm-hmm. where LeBron has a better record against them, obviously, because it's... The Heat beat the Bulls, and then the Cavs beat the Bulls when Jimmy was on that team. But everybody's going to look at that head-to-head matchup. Right now, it's 17-17. And then in the playoffs, or actually all time, uh, Andre Iguodala has played the third most games of any individual opponent against LeBron James. If, once they face each other in the finals, uh, Andre's going to move up to number one all time. So I would say I'm looking forward to that matchup. You know, the Heat made the trade at the deadline to get Iggy so that he could come through in this series. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to those two matches because all eyes are going to be on LeBron, right? Can can Pat Riley beat him? And it's such a sexy storyline. Well, those two guys are going to play the biggest role in stopping LeBron James. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, guys. King, le- King is más macho, Jimmy or LeBron. <laughs> that's, okay. it, that's it, guys. We will see you next week. The views and opinions expressed on Front Page 305 are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio. The views and opinions expressed on Front Page 305 are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.